from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's Latam. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about. What they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Latow for BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast. Why don't I tell you those pretty lies? I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. So we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL today. The NFL today. A lot of stuff is going on. A lot of things that people don't want you to know about. The truth about what's going on with Antonio Brown. Um, if you watched your hot take shows today, there was a lot of, let's say, hyperbole uh, about what's happening with Antonio Brown, the Raiders, the Patriots, how it all went down. Mike Greenberg, who once said Martin Luther Kuhn, said that it was the most unprofessional thing that he's ever seen in the history of sports. Let's not forget Aaron Hernandez possibly killed someone during the bye week, but I digress. There's about 20 other things that I can probably think of. You know, Latrell Sprewell actually choked out a coach. <laughs> Whatever the case, you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith went on and said that, you know, Antonio Brown is hurting the black community. Same Stephen A. Smith who took pictures with Sheriff Clark, who's a known person to kill people in his jails, black people specifically. <laughs> a lot of high horsing going on. A lot of things that people are saying, because let's just be honest, uh, the media loves Antonio Brown because the media loves drama. Drama sells, drama creates ratings, uh, drama helps podcasts, helps websites, helps TV shows. And Antonio Brown, aware of this, uh, does a lot of stuff that brings a lot of attention you know, to the media. Sometimes you can see the double standard right in front of your face. You know, you take the Sunday night football game, for example. Um, you tell me what's possibly worse. Antonio Brown being a diva, an annoyance, a little extra, or Patrick Chung being Tony Montana with cocaine in his house. <laughs> you tell me which one on a sliding scale do you think is a more serious story. Hey, maybe Patrick Chung is just a cokehead. That's fine. <laughs> but honestly, if, if you didn't know the names, right, you didn't know who these people were. You walked into a Starbucks and talked to somebody that you didn't know. And you said, hey, what's going on this weekend? And you said, oh, man, this guy, you know, uh, got himself uh, fired from a team because of his social media uh, postings. And then, he, you know, he got hired with another, you know, company. Maybe some people think it's collusion or whatever. And uh, on the other hand, this this guy got arrested for having a bunch of cocaine in his house. Which one you think is a little more serious? I know which one is, was covered more last night because I didn't hear anything about the cocaine arrest. <laughs> Heard a lot about Antonio Brown. I don't recall that much besides the story here and there. I don't remember the hot take shows having a lot to say about that in regards to the Patriots way. So it's silly. It's, it's stuff is silly. It's 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 ignorant. 
in the sense that you can express your thought about things, situations like Antonio Brown without going so over the top that you make them into something that sounds criminal. You know, I, I heard, who I think it was Andrew Siciliano. So this is terrible for the kids. It's terrible for the kids to see what Antonio Brown has done. Now, I've been covering the NFL for a long time. I've been watching the NFL all my life. The NFL is not for kids. Because here's my thing. If I, I have, you know, I have a daughter who's a teenager now. So let's say I had to talk to her about why I cover two players. Let's say the Patriots and uh, the, the Steelers who got the ass whooped last night. Let's say the Patriots and the Steelers was in the NFC Championship game. And I told my daughter that I had to go cover the game. And she was like, who are some of the players that you got to cover? And I had to explain to her, you know, she said, oh, dad, some of the kids kids at school said some of the players are are bad people. Two of the players that they said were bad people, dad, were Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Now, you tell me. What is harder for me to explain to my child? That Ben Roethlisberger locked up women in the bathroom against their will, possibly sexually assaulted multiple women, has paid off multiple women to make sure criminal investigations didn't happen? Or do I tell her that what's worse is Antonio Brown did a hype video with John Gruden's voice on it that John Gruden, you know, approved? That Antonio Brown got mad at his balls and called him a crack. <laughs> you tell me what's worse for the kids. If I tell the kid, hey, you know, Tyreek Hill got an extension. They said Tyreek Hill, the one that punched his, you know, his, his, his uh, pregnant girlfriend at the time that had his son taken away for, you know, we not exactly sure why. You tell me what's worse. Or Antonio Brown running out of his house because he's been freed by the Raiders. You tell me. What's worse? I don't see it. You know, they have, they have this uh, channel on DirecTV. And I'm sure it's on some other stuff, other cable companies. It's called Reels. And they're always talking about, you know, murder mysteries and all of this stuff. Autopsies and celebrity things and everything. They had five shows on Aaron Hernandez. I don't think they're going to have a show on Antonio Brown. <laughs> But, you know, the kids, you got, you got to think about the kids. What does Antonio Brown teach the kids? Well, probably the, the main thing that he teaches them is that if you're insanely talented, you can get away with some things. But let me tell you something. Uh, that's not a new concept. <laughs> Antonio Brown didn't bring that concept into the world. Is that if you're really talented or you have a lot of money or you're super smart, you can get away with a lot of stuff. But let me tell you something. Uh, you can just be white and get away with a lot of stuff, too. What do I tell? What do I tell the kids how we ended up with Donald Trump? I think that's a little bit more problematic than Antonio Brown's social media spaces. Reality. I'm a, a reality-based reporter. Is Antonio Brown a diva? Yes. Bit of a knucklehead? Yes. Should you go around calling people a cracker? No. I'm going to get to that, back to that in a minute, too. <laughs> you know, should you whine and cry and all of that stuff? To get, no, you shouldn't. 
That's okay to say all of that. But let's not get too crazy. Tanya Harden, you know, hired a hitman to beat up, to, to knock out Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Like, there's worse things in the world that's going on. I, you know, my friend, uh, I think Jordan Cornette, my friend Jordan Cornette said, I don't, I don't think the Patriots would sign Antonio Brown because, you know, it's the Patriots way. I mean, come on, man. Their owner gets, gets, gets dick sucked in, in, in strip mall <laughs> Asian spa things for 40, 50 bucks. Like, we're not, we can't be high horse in this. And look, I'm not knocking, you know, Bob Kraft for getting his rocks off. But it annoys me when it's like they put on some sort of pedestal. You know, the Patriots have had their share amount of criminals. Like, you know, like how many how many teams have given a $40 million extension to a mass murderer, allegedly? <laughs> Not many. You know, you got, you know, I don't consider it the deflate gator thing, but, you know, they've been taping people. They've had their share of suspect people on the team. They got a possibly Tony Montana playing in the secondary right now. I mean, they just win. Listen, if the Cowboys won as much as the Patriots won, nobody would care about all of their guys getting suspended either. <laughs> getting in trouble. Nobody would care because he win. They got Tom Brady. That's, that's pretty much. As long as Tom Brady doesn't get in trouble, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. The high horse that has to stop. Look, the media loves Antonio Brown. They don't want to tell you that. They, love, they wish he does something tomorrow. They wish he do something tomorrow. They love the fact that he's with the Patriots. More drama. Trust me, they wanted him to get signed. Because he don't get signed and there's no stories anymore. There's nothing else to talk about. It's silly. It's silly. There's more serious things going on to talk about. You can talk, you know, what Stephen A. said, that uh, it's hurting black man. Yeah, nah, not really. <laughs> not really. I don't think Antonio Brown being a diva is really going to cause any problems in the black community. <laughs> Uh, and I think that people are smart enough to understand their worth. If you're the fourth string wide receiver, I don't, I don't think you're gonna be doing the same thing. I think, like, like I think sometimes maybe it's true. I don't know. They just think we're idiots, and I'm part of the media. And I think sometimes I don't. I try to treat you guys like you're intelligent, but maybe that's the wrong thing to do. But you would have to be an idiot. If you are a wide receiver, a backup tight end, and say, hey, Antonio Brown, who's put up 600-yard catch seasons in a row, can do that, and I can do that. And then I I disagree with Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick said, look and see how Julio Jones conducted himself, and he got his extension and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's great. It's great for Julio Jones getting his extension, and Julio Jones is a low-key type of guy. This has always bothered me about sports for the time that I've always covered sports is that you can have different personalities. Now, you don't want the personality to be destructive, but everybody has a different personality. Like, it used to, oh man, it used to grind my gears when I was a kid. You know, Barry Sanders used to just hand the ball to the referee, right? Nothing wrong with that. Larry Fitzgerald does it too. Just the way that their personalities are. But to me, handing the ball to the referee and doing a Michael Jackson, Jackson 5 dance routine, it's the same thing. Well, it's not disrespecting anybody. Some people like to dance, some people like to hand. It's equal. So it, one is not better than another. They're always trying to, you know, make you be the good black. Like, that's not lost on me. 
Be more like Barry Sanders. Be more like Larry Fitzgerald. Be more like Julio Jones. Now, that's no knock on them. That's just their personality. But the, the underlying message is be the silent black. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out and be Antonio Brown. I'm just saying you, you can have your own personality. That's, it's fine. There's no problem with that. There's a lot of underlining prejudice and racism and stereotyping and stuff that's going on. You know, I had a big conversation on Friday about if cracker is a slur. And I hear people like, OK, it's demeaning, I guess, of your your skin color. So maybe by the actual definition, it's a slur. But it's kind of like this. This is the way I explain it to people. If I push you, right, you know, you would probably be upset about that, that I, that I gave you a little shove, right? Now, if I shot you in the shoulder, be a little more serious, right? Be a little more serious. If I push you, you know, probably nothing happens. You know, nobody's really going to jail for a uh, shove. If I shot you, stabbed you in the shoulder, the neck, I hit you over the head with a, with a, with a chair, that's a little bit different, right? That's the difference between cracker and nigger. You see what I'm saying? And one has to also understand that the derivative of calling someone a cracker or a honky or whatever you want, old reference you want to say, is the derivative of that is the fact that white people do bad things to black people. I always said this, and I 100% mean this. If this country was truly equal and everybody had a fair shake and racism was, you know, in the five percentile and all of that stuff, Black people wouldn't care about white people at all. We wouldn't bother you at all. Black people are reactive to white people. We're not proactive. We're not looking for conflict. Like, we're not out there looking for the cops to cause a problem. We're not out there looking to be discriminated against. That's why people say, oh, man, you love doing these race stories. Like, ideally, (laughs) in life... I wouldn't want to do any of this. Why would I want to be discriminated against? Why would I want to talk about the cops beating up people and shooting people? Why would I want to see all of the social, social justice things, the criminal justice system? Why would anyone get joy out of that? That doesn't make me happy. I'm black. <laughs> so even the term cracker, even though I know it was, you know, some people were going way back so was against poor white people, but in reality, it really comes from Slave masters cracking the whip. It's a derivative of being treated badly. Now, is Antonio Brown using that context? Probably not. But he's probably also using it in the context of this white man, I feel, has disrespected me. So I don't call him a cracker, a white devil, or whatever. It's not the same thing as when a white person calls a black person a nigger. Because... That's not derivative from anything that black people have done to white people. That's a derivative from white people oppressing black people. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a different context, you know, to it. I just wouldn't walk around and see a white person and say, hey, cracker. But I could walk around in some parts of this country and just walk in the thing. And and, and 10 white people, hey, nigger, get out of here. Go back to Africa. You don't see black people walking up to white people just randomly when they're not doing anything and say, hey, go back to Europe. Go back to England. 
White, black people don't do that. Black people don't act, like I said, don't actively seek out white people for conflict. White people actively seek out minorities for conflict. That's the difference. That's the difference. Speaking of this, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson threw five touchdowns, perfect passer rate. He's going to have up and down games. People, ESPN all of a sudden loves him. And I pointed out that it was also ESPN that tried it out, Mel Kuyper and Bill Polian, to say it should be a running back or a wide receiver. And Lamar Jackson hasn't forgotten about that. And I mentioned Josh Allen and all the Bills fans got upset. I've never said anything negative about Josh Allen, personally. I've never said I didn't want Josh Allen to succeed. I never said I wanted Josh Allen uh, not to be a good quarterback. I, 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 don't get, I never get any type of joy out of anybody failing. So why I wouldn't want Josh Allen to fail at all. And it's not Josh Allen's fault. That's why I always try to explain when I'm talking about the racial issues in the media. Nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with the white player. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. I mean, that there's inherent prejudice when it comes to black quarterbacks within the media. That's not his fault. It's not his fault that he was drafted higher than Lamar Jackson. Just like it's not, you know, it's not Mitchell Trubisky's fault that it, for no reason at all that he was drafted higher than Deshaun Watson. Like, there's, there's literally no metric in the world that would say that Mitchell Trubisky, based off of what we know about him, was a better prospect than Deshaun Watson. None. None at all. The only difference was Deshaun Watson was black. He's white, he'd be the number one pick. You telling me a guy that put up numbers on Alabama two years in a row like that wouldn't be the number one pick? Did Deshaun Watson do anything different than Trevor Lawrence is doing or has done? No. <laughs> Just black. That's the difference. And when I say that people owe Lamar Jackson an apology, what I'm saying is, is that Lamar Jackson should have been afforded the same opportunities that Josh Allen was afforded. Got some things to work on as a passer. Is athletic. Josh Allen ran a lot more than Lamar Jackson. Especially in week one. He needed his legs to help them come back. But nobody knocks him for that. They call him gutty and a leader. That's why they should apologize. Because you're not being equal. You're not being fair. You're not affording the same opportunities for growth. And to me, it doesn't matter if Lamar Jackson becomes a Hall of Famer or an average quarterback or flames out. He should be afforded the same opportunities as a white quarterback to succeed and, and succeed and fail on their own merit as a quarterback. That's what I was trying to say. It's not a knock on Josh Allen. It's not a knock on Mitchell Trubisky. It's not a knock on Daniel Jones. I mean, if simply put, the NFL still has a little stigmatism when it comes to quarterback. All I'm saying is afford them equal chance. Don't say when you talk about Josh Allen's completion percentage that stats are for losers. It doesn't matter. And then in the same breath, say Lamar Jackson completion percentage is the reason why, you know, he's a, he's a lesser prospect. That That doesn't fly with me. Don't say that Lamar Jackson who put up good 
passing numbers, very good passing numbers. Show that he can pass in Louisville. Should consider a position switch when you when Josh Allen put up subpar passing numbers at a lower division, and all you say is that he has such room for growth. Like, be equal, be fair. I don't think that's a hard thing to ask for. That shouldn't be anything that anybody disagrees with because it should always be equal and then let them succeed or fail on their own merits. And just like any other quarterback, the chances of succeeding is, you know, probably 50-50 of a first-round pick. But let them have the same opportunity. That's why people were so excited about Lamar Jackson because – we know that he wasn't treated fairly. So to see him out there throwing dimes, throwing five touchdowns, I don't care if it was against Miami or not. Here's the question. New England goes into Miami next week. If Tom Brady doesn't have five touchdowns, is Lamar Jackson better than, than Tom Brady? Of course not. But that's what I'm saying. You can't discredit what he did. He went there and, and threw five touchdowns at a perfect passer rate. Only ran the ball, I think, two, three times. He gets credit for that. If Josh, that's my whole issue. Josh Allen, you know, I'm not, I don't know how much better or worse the Jets are, but if he went to Miami and threw five touchdowns and had a perfect passer rating, I doubt a lot of people would be saying, oh my God, you know, it was just the Dolphins. They'll be saying, oh my God, it's the second coming of Jim Kelly. We just got to be real. I'm just being real with you guys. I tell the truth. I tell the truth. It's the reality of the situation. People might not like to hear it, but it's the reality of the situation. Um, quick thoughts on the Cleveland Browns. I uh, predicted this L from the Titans. Um, hype is an interesting thing in the sense that I've mentioned it several times. Ago. When they build you up like that, you have to come through, especially if you're the one doing the building. Like, it's one thing to have somebody else hype you. I think people are a little more understanding about that. But when you hype yourself, when you build this brand up and you get people to really believe, then the fall is a lot, lot, lot higher. If the Titans lost that game just because of the way that their ship is ran, you know, people are like, okay, Titans lost. They got to try to right the ship. It wouldn't be a big deal. But the Browns built themselves up so much. If you're going to be, be on GQ, you're going to trade for Odell Beckham, you're going to all of this stuff, you're going back and forth with Colin Cowherd, you're just building yourself up. It's a big fall. Now, I think it's week one, and I'm not, big, I'm, not, I'm not on big overreactions to week one of the NFL. But, I mean, they can come back and win five in a row. Whole narrative change. I've seen teams start six and zero and end up seven and and, and uh, you know seven and eleven. Well, shoot, shit. <laughs> seven and nine. Math a little off, right? There. So you, you, one game doesn't mean much, but they needed to considering who they are to maybe pipe it down a little bit. Pipe it down. I say that about Baker Mayfield. I don't have a problem with the way Baker Mayfield motivates himself. Because that's his thing. He's always been like that. He's really he's not changing. But when you do that, there's a higher level of expectations that are on you. You talk big shit. You talk like you're you're in the, the Brady's the Brady, the Breeze, 
you know, conversations. You should be in that high-level conversations, the Mahomes and stuff like that. He got to come through. And he's terrible in the second half. And so people are going to call him out there. And I, I call him out. And I don't, I don't buy the whole, well, you know, now people are going to throw trash on it. Well, you play like trash. Play like trash, people are going to say it's trash. It's not, that's, not, that's not that. What are you mad about? You know you play like trash. They were undisciplined. And I don't, you know, NF, the, you know, football is different than pretty much any other sport. You know, one player can't really change everything. Like maybe, you know, for one game, somebody can go like crazy off. And the quarterback does have a lot of power. You know, but it's not like baseball where if a guy just gets dealing, there's nothing that you can do. It's not like basketball where if a guy can, you know, drop 50 on you and just take over a game. You know, it's a lot of moving parts with football. And if your team is undisciplined and doesn't really focus and start believing their own press clippings, this is what ends up happening. So hopefully it's a wake-up call uh, for them. And quick thought on the Steelers as well. I tell people this all the time. You can't lose elite talent, no matter how disruptive they, they are, unless you have elite talent to replace them. You're going to get worse. And you can go back through the history of the NFL. You lose, you, every time somebody loses an elite talent that's a knucklehead, they always say, you know, hey, it's addition by subtraction. But nine times out of ten, it, that doesn't work in the short term. Now, it may take a year or two, and then they, you know, they get better. But the, the, the 49ers weren't better when T.O. left, or the Cowboys initially. You know, the Raiders are definitely not better without Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. And you take Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell off of the Steelers, and you see what happens. How many of those contested passes that were dropped, or contested, however you want to look at it, last night would have Antonio Brown caught? How, how much more separation would he have gotten? How many more passes in the in the running game that Le'Veon Bell would have bailed out Ben? Or how, not even the running game. Think about what a good blocker Le'Veon Bell is. You don't get better by losing elite talent unless you have a, somebody ready to step up. You know, the Patriots, they lose guys, but then they find guys to, to step up. And they normally find, like, the exact same guy. Remember Wells Welker? Then they find Julian Edelman. Remember Troy Brown? Then they find Wells Welker. You know, they find guys. You know, Josh Gordon, they're like, okay. Lost Randy Moss. It didn't get. It wasn't great right after they lost Moss, but they they always find a way. Now they got Antonio Brown. Last thing I want to talk about is Ben Watson and Drew Brees. You know, I talked about this a little bit. You know, Drew Brees did a PSA for a hate group. Let's just let's just stop the BS. It's a hate group. You know, if you're a Christian. Point blank, if you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, you can have whatever beliefs you have, right? You can believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. You can not believe in abortion. You can have all of those beliefs, right? But as a Christian, your number one thing is about humanity and treating people like humans and equality, right? So as a Christian, you don't fight against discrimination. You fight you don't, you, don't, you, you don't fight against anti-discrimination. You wouldn't want anyone to be discriminated against. You might not care for their lifestyle, but you don't want anything bad to happen to them. Right? And if you do, you're a hate group. 
If you're actively discriminating against someone, that's a hate group. And it's, it's wild to me that someone like Benjamin Watson, who's black, could support a, a religious group that functions as basically an anti-gay, anti, they don't want any anti-discrimination laws. Because black people have been discriminated against for their entire lives. You tell me, if a religious group right now, let's just, 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 just follow me for a bit. Any religious group, I don't even care what your religion is. If that religion today said, I don't think we should serve black people because the Bible says X, Y, and Z. So they shouldn't be served. They shouldn't have voting rights. They shouldn't be able to do this, do that, and, and or whatever, because the Bible said so. What would you call them? Call them a cult? Call them a hate group? Probably, right? Because you can manipulate the Bible to say pretty much anything, because that's exactly what white people did to black people Pretty much from slavery on. Go back. Do some research. When they made all those laws, Jim Crow, it was all based on the Bible. Now you fast forward. And now they're using the Bible to say, you know, we don't believe in same-sex marriages. And we're trying to convert gay people. And we're going to actively try to stop these laws from getting into place that protects people. And where is the men in the world to kill all the, the, the transgender people? Like, you don't have to agree with any of that. When you actively trying to make things worse for humans because of their choices, they're not bothering anybody. If if here's the, if I don't let's say I didn't I don't care if gay people get married, but let's say I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't agree with gay marriage, right? And my neighbors were two gay guys that got married. How does it affect me on a daily basis? <laughs> Seriously, how, how does that affect what what how is that bothering me on a daily basis? I may not agree with it, but how is it affecting my life in any shape, form, or fashion? When I wake up, when I go to sleep, when I do my errands, when I wash my clothes, how is that bothering anything that I'm doing? It's not. It's not at all. So yeah, it's a hate group. So Benjamin Watson going on TV and calling me a liar for something that's factual. That's pretty offensive. And I think Drew Brees knew what he was up to as well when he did the PSA. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. If he didn't, either way it's bad. If he, he didn't know, then he got really bad people not informing him of stuff. If he did know, uh, that's a whole other thing. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online. Thank you for attending the uh, Facebook Live. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, BSO TV. And thank you for listening to The Ugly Truth. Or, hey, don't tell you those pretty lies. Tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news.